0: Have you ever had a burn injury?
1: Nope, I haven't. That was the closest I'd ever come. Um, Yeah, prescribed fire, drip torch, fuel on the pants, Nomex, uh, and uh, just kind of caught on fire. So, no, I...
0: You seen a burn injury? um, Supervised a burn injury?
1: Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, a couple. Uh, Nothing super gnarly, though.
0: The whole point of talking about this is, like, burn injuries are a big deal. Yes. Um, And they're a bigger deal than they might um, otherwise seem. Yep.
1: This is the Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center podcast. I'm Alex Victoria, Assistant Center Director of the Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center here in sunny Tucson, Arizona. Today we're talking about burn over the last few years, we've seen a number of lessons associated with burning juice. Try to sum those up and share them with you today. If you're a firefighter, if you're a supervisor, stay tuned for some good stuff. We've seen, obviously, the, the work from the folks in Missoula um, with drip torches and their work on you know how how socks um, even just the, the the presence of that extra layer can be helpful. Wool, hmm. wool,
0: wool, wool, wool well. blend.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> wool blend socks.
0: Uh, as high as you can go, like eighty was... style, just mm-hmm. like <laughs> super
1: fuzzy, <laughs> super itchy. Uh, yeah, and in my case, they were uh, wool kind of. Whatever, whatever the National Park Service deemed appropriate for their official uh, uh, uniform socks.
0: Yeah, and but doesn't the the memo, the NWCG memo, say something specific about wool blend or something like that? Yeah. I, okay.
1: Yeah, it does. Uh,
0: but wear where socks. Wear them high. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Um, I think the other thing you take from that message is that you know there is a real impact to. Uh, fuel and Nomex and the protective uh, qualities. Uh, You know, there's a long discussion in the whole fire service, whether you're talking wildland or structure fire. uh, The structure fire world has really come to a a different awareness for for other reasons about why clean PPE is important. And I don't want to go... That's a whole long conversation in our business and, you know, brand new yellows.
0: You look know. how salty I am.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Versus right. look how old and gnarly my shirt is. And I don't want to wade into that, but... Why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I don't know. Because because I have a brand new yellow shirt, you know, I'll get made fun of. I don't know. Because I think the, what I do want to wade into is what the folks, again, in Missoula, National Technology Development uh, Program folks have done to actually demonstrate with some sensors, laser beams, and wires and cables and computers, uh, when you soak Nomex in the case they tested Nomex pants, when you soak them in fuel, they catch on fire. They're a little harder to put out than uh, than maybe you would expect. And a piece of Nomex that's been soaked in fuel uh, or has res- re- residual of fuel kind of accumulation, you know, there is an impact there. Lo and behold, they've been able to demonstrate that. So, uh,
0: yeah. yeah, and. The setup of a drip torch, the way it's set up and the way we use it puts dripping fuel very close to your leg. Yep. Turns out people's pants catch on fire on a fairly regular basis. Uh-huh. And when that happens, they get burns on their legs. Yep. Um, in a lot of cases, not all cases. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to talk about. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff about that. We've done a lot of things, and the latest piece of information is this study that you're talking about, a cool video um, that shows the pants burning and, um, you know, the benefit of the socks, the extra layer, whatever. But what I want to talk about is, so now it's happened. Right. You now have a burn injury, and it doesn't have to be on your leg, just anywhere, a burn injury. Yes. Now what? Now what? Well, as, we're, uh, as we
1: typically like to do, we, uh, we've got some reports that we can reference um, on this issue here. And one in particular, firefighter injury on uh, what's called the farm fire, a stump hole burn injury. One of the real basic things they learned about was this whole business of how it is that, that uh, folks, uh, anybody with a burn injury gets referred to a burn center. There's a process by which, um, you know, anybody, whether you're injured on the job, uh, injured on a wildland fire, or just, you know, injured at home, uh, there's a process by which you go to a burn center. And that usually involves a referral. Um, not always, but usually. And it's those cases where you you might be kind of borderline, you might be 7% total body surface area, um, you know, you might have a big burn on the back of your leg, whatever. Um, so in again with this uh, event in 2015, the big thing they saw was the referral um, came from a small clinic, and uh, the referral came from a physician's assistant to uh, to send a fire burn firefighter to the University of Utah uh, Burn Center in Salt Lake City. The first thing is that uh, they noticed is that uh, physicians assistants uh, can't by themselves issue those referrals. So if you're burned, uh, you're you know experiencing this, uh, you. You've got a crew member, you're going through it yourself, and you think you might need to go to a burn center. Um, that's one of the first real big, you know, tangible tactical things is that make sure it comes from a, uh, a physician that has uh, referring uh, authority. Maybe to back up a little bit, if you're, if you're thinking you might need to go to a burn center, there's actually in the Red Book, um, Interagency Standards for uh, Fire and Aviation Operations. We know it as the Red Book. Um, There's the American Burn Association guidelines for who gets referred to burn center uh, or not. Um, So look in the Red Book. It's page 171. If you don't know what the Red Book is, if you've never looked at the Red Book, um, good for you. Stay ignorant. Don't look at that thing. Uh, Stay in the dark. If you're curious to know some of the nuts and bolts of why we do... Some of what we do in the business, including something about why it is that we might recommend or require a referral to a burn center or not, um, the Red Book's a good place to start there. So
0: it's a big deal. It is a
1: big deal. Yeah. And in the, in, if I move to some of the stuff we kind of captured in 2015 here. Um, On that
0: note, real quick 20, yeah. 2015, mm-hmm. burn injury was our highest uh, incident by outcome category. Okay. 18. Uh, 39% of those burn injuries were, um, ignition of flammables. Okay. Um, right. And then hot ash was after that. So that's like mop up type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and heat from actual like, oh, you know, flame impingement or whatever was the least. Um, but anyway, this is the thing that I, I hadn't realized before. 2015, 18 burn injuries reported mm-hmm. to us. 2016, five. Hmm. Huh. And that's because we put all the information out there, and we saved all of those right? <laughs> people. People quit; the, got there the, were no burns. There was, there, yeah, because of our incident review summary, and we said, "Hey, be careful about burn injuries." The next year, there was very few, and so that proves that the lessons learned center works, right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I mean, who knows? Who knows? A hard thing to disprove. Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe we had it on uh, people's radar. Uh, no. I, I might argue people did different kind of work in 2016 than we had people exposed to in 2015.
0: Um, I would say that people go, hey, if you get burned, don't report it because then a picture of your Nomex shows up in that one <laughs> of the, get on the, the stupid internet. reports that <laughs> they put out. <laughs> Hey,
1: maybe, and maybe that's a powerful motivator. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm glad to see you point out that, that neat science there. Good work. Um, yeah, no, and so I, I would argue 2015, what we saw is um, maybe, maybe given the nature of the 2015 fire season with uh, lots of folks mopping up, lots of folks stepping in stump holes, but again, you said that in 2015, we saw lots of non sort of stump hole injuries. We saw fuel
0: ignitions. Fuel ignitions uh, were, was the highest in terms of what the heat source was. Mm-hmm. Ignition of flammables hmm. was the highest. And then after that, um, not far behind it, um, was hot ash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the, the times that I've gotten burned, it's, it's more mop up than mm-hmm. other things. But I've never had a fuel geyser definitely caught my pants on fire but just didn't get burned from it Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah we we do get burn injuries reported to us on a regular basis it just seemed like 2015 was a bit of an outlier Mm -hmm. because we're continuing to have uh, the the ignition of flammables type whether it's fuel geysers like you said or um, drip torch leg injury again to me it's like i i never realized how complex treatment for a burn injury could get I thought I, I never placed it in a different category you know what I mean like if you break a bone or you get cut by the chainsaw or something like that you go to the hospital that's it mm-hmm. you know just that's all you you know obviously on the line what you're focused on is hey get them out of there um, and especially in these instances where it's not a emergent type panic get off the line there's there's usually somebody that goes with them to the hospital it takes a little bit you know what I mean and um and I've always put those all in the same category just go to the hospital right it's real simple now especially as you move into um, supervision with a burn injury there's a whole other level of concern yes that is not present when it's uh, stitches or a broken wrist or something right Right,
1: right. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of this has to do with that follow-up care, or that referral to that next level of care, which is, uh, in many cases, the uh, the burn center. One of the most basic things, and we see this over and over and over again with uh, all kinds of events, there's a lot of reasons why it's important to report. With burns, you may not have the suspicion that it's actually a serious injury. Kind of like you just highlighted, if you've got a broken bone, and there's, you know, you're bleeding profusely. I mean, good luck kind of covering that up or whatever. But with a with a burn, you might actually be able to cover it up. In my case, when I caught my pants on fire, it was pretty easy for me to sort of kind of meander back towards the truck and kind of just hang out at the back of the AAR and not really have everybody notice my, you know, browned out, yellowed out pants. Um, but if you get burned, you know, even if you think you you know you're a little embarrassed about it, report it because it might well be a little bit more serious than anybody knows burn injuries uh, sometimes are difficult to evaluate and they sometimes take uh, maybe up to 72 hours to fully manifest another thing we see especially a lot of the places out uh, in in rural parts of the world where we're doing uh, engaging with fire uh, you might well go to a local clinic small hospital and you might interact with physicians who've never encountered the type of burn injury that you as a wildland firefighter or as you know somebody you supervise Um, presents. You you might be the first time they've had a chance to see the kind, uh, the the nature of the burn injuries, you know, stepping into a hot ash pit exposed to burning fuel, whatever. There's this big deal again about referral to the burn center. Um, Burn centers have both inpatient and outpatient care. It's not like if you get a referral to a burn center you're gonna go, you're gonna be checked in, you're gonna be sequestered. There's outpatient service. And the other thing that's really critical to think about with referral is that referrals can be, uh, I think the old term is telemedicine. Uh, the, uh, the new term might be the way we communicate today with, uh, you know, uh, smartphones, uh, you know, email, images, uh, consults via Skype or something like that. There's a number of different ways you could actually do a, a consult uh, with a burn center. It doesn't mean you're going to have to get on a, an airplane or get in a helicopter or uh, get in an ambulance to do that. And I think one of the things we saw, again, back in 2015 was if you've, if you've got a concern, uh, again, whether it's you who's burned or it's one of your folks, if you've got a concern, if you think it's borderline, if you think it's close to the, uh, the official sort of, you know, what's in the red book, um, which is 10 percent, uh, rules of thumb here, 10 percent total body surface area um, or burns in critical places uh, or burns that are accompanied with other kinds of trauma, Those are the kind of the big buckets here. But if you think you're close to 10%, but you're not quite 10%, go ahead and ask for that referral. Um, And uh, a referring physician might be able to, again, set up that kind of telemedicine sort of deal. It's possible the burn center will want to see you. It's possible they think that, you know, the care you're getting, uh, you know, where you're initially
0: seen is fine, so. And is it fair to say that, uh, say you're an engine captain, out on assignment, whatever, somebody gets a burn injury, and you roll to the hospital, you're out of state or some scenario where you, you find yourself taking somebody to the hospital for a burn injury. It's a good idea to notify somebody within your organization, hopefully at a higher level, that you are taking somebody to the hospital specifically for a burn injury
1: absolutely make that notification as early as possible as, as early as possible and specify a burn injury and specify burn injury absolutely and again that has to do with everything uh, associated with these referrals which the referral to the burn center may not become it may not become clear for a little while uh it, you know it might be a day or two having those notifications you know uh, early um is, is important, like you say. The other thing here, you know, as you're, maybe you're wrapping up care, if you have something like an OWCP claim number, um, that claim number is su- super critical. Um, as a patient, as a supervisor, as a liaison, uh, that number is going to be, uh, it's going to be critical to have kind of at your fingertips, especially if you do that referral to the burn uh, center, if you, if you need prescriptions, et cetera, um, that, that claim number is critical. Um, another thing, this is one I think I've seen, you know, from some of the OWCP experts, and this one kind of kind of rubs me the wrong way, you know, but this, this idea, and here I've got it written down, you, the patient and claimant, are ultimately responsible for your OWCP case. And then the, the, the admonishment here is get involved, pay attention, ask questions. And I think that's an easy thing to say. Except if you don't know what questions to ask or what getting involved means or if you're like, hey, man, I'm not a doctor. I'm I'm surrounded by doctors and nurses and shiny white lab coats. Who am I to ask for X or ask for clarification? You're
0: responsible for your own safety.
1: (laughs) That's another. That is another.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the same concept.
1: Uh, No, it is. It is is very similar to that. And we deserve to to give people more on, on what it is. You know what's your view, what our view is on on that sentiment. You're responsible for your own safety. Um, suffice it to say that in all the reports, um, there's there's good uh, video uh, in the refresher a couple of years ago where there's actually an OWCP specialist. That's what the OWCP folks will say: is You've got to get involved. You've got to get involved and take ownership. And I think, uh, again, that rubs me a little bit of the wrong way, but you know. Uh, might as well arm people with that uh, that default assumption that you've got to be engaged and involved. And uh, it's tough. It's tough when you go to the doctor one for one reason or another to know what kind of questions you need to ask. Those folks are busy. Um, they may have a, just a minute or two with you. Um, but uh, that's one thing we've seen over and over and over
0: again. Yeah, um, And I think that... The, the, these are the tensions that, uh, you know, as an engine captain, my mission when I went to the hospital was to leave the hospital. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what I want. But in these instances, there's all this stuff that's just going to be slow. You know, your firefighter is going to want to get back on the line. They're going to try and convince you it's not a big deal anyway. It's like a sunburn. There's all these tensions. And um, and then actually physically with burn injuries, there's there's a tendency with right with wildland burn injuries for them to... To present not as severe. Um, and then later it turns out the burn is bigger than we expected. Right. Um, yeah. And I
1: mean, you know, Brian Hicks talked about going to the hospital, then getting released, and then, you know, coming home and being like, oh my God, he's all swollen up. You know, he looks like he's a basketball. And uh, Vicki Miner from the Wildland Firefighter Foundation knew that was coming. She said, that's the way these things go. Um, hospitals don't have experience with people jumping through flaming fronts, as Brian had to do. And so he was in the hospital, was being treated, and they said, hey, you look like you're good. Um, she almost kind of predicted it. Hey, he's going to get home. He's going to feel awful. He's going to feel like he ran o- got run over by a truck. And he's going to look like, you know, he was inflated with a basketball pump, you know. And lo and behold, that was the case. And again, it's not because there's malicious doctors out there. Um, it's because they just don't get to interact with, you know. The average type of burn is... I would guess, is hot water, you know, boiling water yeah. dumps over on somebody. Um, again, but it's the,
0: also us wanting to leave. The, like I said, I wanted, I don't want to hang out in the true. hospital. Yeah, exactly. I want, to, I want to get out of there. Right. Um, yep. And, and I don't want to deal with paperwork. I just, whatever, just let me sign the things I need to sign. I work for a giant agency. They're going to take care of me. <laughs> right. You yeah, know, exactly. these, are the, these are the attitudes that we bring into that interaction in the hospital. Sure. And they're way more... They have way bigger consequences than I ever realized. Particularly with burns, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, it, like, that's what I keep going back to. It's a big deal. Go slow. Have involve people above you in your yep. chain of command, way above you. Right. Um, because it's a big deal, and they more than likely understand some of that stuff. They know how big a deal it is. They read their email. From <laughs> the Lessons learned. They may read their email, they may or may
1: not, yeah. There's a higher likelihood they do, sure.
0: <laughs> They're sitting at the desk more often. Yeah. Um, but that's, all, that's That's what I keep going back to is the, the person that's going into the hospital that doesn't want to be there, how can we arm them?
1: We arm them with this notion that uh, burns are different, burns are special, uh, they may take time to manifest. Uh, burns must be kept clean. That's a uh-huh. huge one. We see that off, I mean, how many, we've probably all been on a fire where, you know somebody got medevaced or whatever and, and two days later they're back out there on the line and they've got a, a full leg or a full arm or whatever and uh fireline's not a good place to manage a burn injury. Uh it's not and we all want to get back out there, get back in the game.
0: Dirt is bad dirt for burns. D- dirt is bad for which burns. which pretty much means hot shotting is <laughs> yeah, exactly. bad. You're out. You're out. Um Yeah, and infected burns are bad deals.
1: Y- y- uh, exactly.
0: Yeah all right folks there you have it burn injuries they're a big deal report them get them treated and get that paperwork dialed Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening. You want more information about this and other topics, go to our website, wildfirelessons.net. We've got links there to our Facebook page. and Some good dialogue often takes place there. Join in um, our blog. Go check out some of the more recent articles we've got there, including the one referenced here by Alex about why socks matter. And, um, yeah, better yet, write for our blog uh you got something to say put your words down send it to us and uh yeah in general join the conversation
1: hey that music makes me want to go serving thank you for listening to this podcast